Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today, we have a live studio audience from the Upgrade Collective, like we do on most of these episodes. This is my private mentorship and membership program where you get a call every week, live coaching, and a ton of questions answered in our private community and classes where I teach you each of my books. So if you want the concentrated knowledge of all the people I've interviewed and me, this is the best I know how to do for you. It's at ourupgradecollective.com. And it's really fun to be in the live studio audience because I'm actually looking at a group of people who work with me every week on becoming stronger, better, faster, smarter, more attractive, and less egotistical human beings. Except for Todd. I'm not sure about that. I'm looking at him right now. I don't think that last part landed. But for the rest of you, yeah. (laughs) Today is a very powerful interview. It's about radical longevity. But hey, I've written a book about that. This is about radical longevity with one of our elders. And when I say the word elder, it is in the traditional meaning of the word as a a token of uh, respect and wisdom accumulated. We're talking about an expert who has four decades and 35 books worth of experience. Her name is Anne Louise Gittleman. And if you are interested in functional and alternative medicine, and you have been for decades, you know of her work. When I was a young, fat person, (laughs) hers was one of the early books. I should say one of her many books is one of the early books I read that helped me to think a little bit differently than, oh, I'll just eat less potato chips and exercise more because it turns out you cannot do that. And a low-fat diet is dumb. (laughs) Anne Louise is a Columbia-trained nutritionist and author. She has written a new book called Radical Longevity, which is really cool, where she talks about things that affect aging that we wouldn't think about when we were young and that we didn't think about at least very often 40 years ago, like heavy metals, EMF, and she gets into the emotional side of aging as well as cellular regeneration. And Louise, it is an honor to talk to someone who has written 10 times approximately more books than I have and (laughs) has a lot more experience in this field than I do. Thank you for taking the time to be on Bulletproof Radio today. And it's my pleasure, Dave. Wonderful to meet you and to know you. Okay. I got to just start here. How did you know? Okay. In 1988, let me just take you back a little bit. So I was, wow, I was a junior in high school. You wrote a book that said, hey, idiots. You didn't say idiots because you're nice, but I'm just translating. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, idiots, you're eating the wrong kind of fat. And you're eating too many of the wrong kind of carbs, and that's what's making you fat. And you had the courage to call it Beyond Pritikin. Pritikin is one of the him and Ornish basically poisoned the country for decades with this, you know, low fat, high carb nonsense. But you in 1988, how did you know this before everyone else? Because I was the director of nutrition, Dave, in 1980 with the Pritikin Longevity Center. And I saw people healing from a no <laughs> low fat diet. I saw people healing and then getting very sick and getting cancer. They weren't getting heart disease. They were coming down with cancer. And I started looking at the research and I looked at the literature and I learned about essential fatty acids, the importance of fish oil, evening primrose oil, olive oil, and coconut oil. I wrote about it in 1988. 
So I, I've always been against the grain and I had to start telling the truth when I saw so many people getting sick and getting cancer. So I wrote a book called Beyond Pritikin. Pritikin Longevity Center wanted to stop the promotion of the book and the printing of the book, but I prevailed and I've been promoting and publishing 35 additional books thereafter. So the right kind of fats has been a focus of mine forever and ever. Fat is where it's at. Sugar is a demon and we can't demonize fat anymore. It really helps the brain, the heart, the liver, the joints, the hair, the nails, the skin, and our sex drive. That's all in my new book, Radical Longevity. It is so remarkable because as far as I know, you're the first person to say that. And I've, I've definitely said the same thing. Oh, you can go low fat. And if you're a cardiovascular person and you say, I'm just going to put on this little thing, the side effect of that diet is cancer. I also publicly on my blog, and he actually responded to it, uh, mentioned that Steve Jobs was on the Ornish diet yes. and that the Ornish diet killed Steve Jobs. I'll to just his say detriment, it. to his detriment. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Ornish, in his response on on my blog, said, well, I recommended he get the cancer surgery and he didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, but it was your nutritional recommendations for high sugar that caused him to get cancer by causing mitochondrial dysfunction. But you were the first. So you, were, you just noticed that there was uh, a, a surprising abundance of cancer in people who were on the Pritikin diet, and that was sort of the the, the well, first observation that led you down the path? Well, uh, from West Hartford, Connecticut to Santa Monica, California was my first job in 1980. And a woman came in to see me way back in 1980. She said, I am the um, director of follow-up, she said, and everybody may be healing themselves from cardiac problems, but they're all coming down with cancer. You have to figure out why. And so I started looking at their diets. I started looking at their blood tests. People were running 130 cholesterol and bragging about it. I saw high LDLs, low HDL. And I said to myself, something is wrong with this picture. So when you see it in front of you, you have to realize that you've got to go a little deeper and look where people were failing to take a look. And that was in the Literature. So that's where fish oil was coming into play in 1984. That's where the evening primrose oil, the olive oil, and even the coconut oil. So I wrote about it because of what I saw and because of this woman, Wilma Keller. May she rest in peace because she died, Dave, four years later of bone cancer. Mm. Very sad. So you saw it happen. And we're in a different world now where people recognize that the type of fat you eat matters. At least some do. Certainly everyone here listening today does. Uh, anyone who's listened to more than one episode of my show will hear you say different fats do different things, different proteins do different things. Uh, but what you talk about too is what different organs do different things. And you were a very early voice saying uh, the liver is a primary fat burning organ and detoxer. Yes. And lymphatics are the body's fat processing system. Can you tell me more about how you came to that conclusion and just explain what that means for all of us? I just noted that a lot of people were not eating the proper kind of fats nor getting rid of them because they weren't exercising the lymphatic system, which is the garbage collecting system of the body. And I studied in 1974, maybe a year after you were born, <laughs> if I'm not <laughs> two mistaken, years, yeah. <laughs> two years after October 30th, 1972, 73. I sat in this woman's office who taught me all about the liver and how important it was to burn fats with the liver by having three particular nutrients. We, she said we were very deficient in inositol, methionine, and choline. So I began seeing that people had to have foods that were high in those elements, such as sunflower lecithin, such as butter, such as CLA-rich butter, raw butter. And I began realizing that we needed the right kind of fats to burn fat, and you needed the, the ability to detoxify your lymphatic system by taking ex, extra cranberry juice. So I 
I really was the signature element of all my programs was unsweetened cranberry juice because it actually targeted the lymphatic system and digested fats through the lymphatics. So it was really all these people that I studied with. At that time, they weren't marketers. They were real healers. I learned, I saw, I respected their wisdom, and my initial teacher died at the age of 106. Wow. It, it's become one of those interesting situations where if you're an inventor and you invent something and no one ever uses it, you're kind of a failed inventor. And so you have to get good at either finding someone trustworthy to take your invention to market or you have to become an entrepreneur. The difficult thing, though, is that if you are one of those crazy inventor types, you don't necessarily have the brain because you're in creative land all the time. You're not an operator, entrepreneur person. So the, the inventor entrepreneurs and healer entrepreneurs, it's the same thing. And, it, and you're saying this. So if these amazing healers with all the knowledge the ones who can become really good at marketing is a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction. So there's people like you, like me, uh, and many others who do our own research, but also help to bring awareness to these really precious ideas and people who are doing the healing instead of the marketing. So I, I think you were very early on that. Um, how how's the world changed for you? 35 books, <laughs> but now you're doing podcasts. Uh, have you found it better as an author towards the, the later part of your career versus the early part? I found that you can't, you can't really depend upon your laurels. They, they, they want to see what you've done in the last 13 seconds. So I'm constantly reinventing myself. At the age of 72, I'm reinventing myself. And, and you know, it's fine, it's well, it's good, because God willing, we'll all live till 120, as they say, on Maya Asrim in the Bible. But I also find that it's a different audience, Dave. They're much more willing to take responsibility for their health, and they realize that the body has an innate ability to heal itself if we look in the right places. And we're now looking for root causes, not just symptoms. So I'm really pleased to be part of this new revolution, which you've helped to to, to pioneer. I'm help, I'm so grateful that people now realize that you can eat fat, lose weight, and feel stronger and healthier and live till 120. It's all about the right kind of fat. And also intermittent fasting has now come into play. I wrote about that in 2005. And in those days, people never realized how important it was. Now we have the research, we've got the anecdotal and the clinical studies. And I think that all these ideas are really ideas whose time has truly come. So I'm really pleased to be part of this. And as an elder, I, I say congratulations to you. Oh, thank you. Um, that, that means a lot. Um, I, I look at all you've done over the time you've done this, and it is, it is truly impressive. One of the things that I, I look at is people have a track record of being right early and consistently. <laughs> there are a lot of people who can be right one time, right? And maybe twice. But if you're right and you're the hundredth person to say it, you probably borrowed your blog post from someone else, <laughs> right? So there's kind of this echo chamber that happens. But I've, I've looked at your books and all the fat flush plan and all. And I just got to say, your track record is stellar, like just stellar. And that's why I really want to learn what you have to say about extending your age, extending your youth span, because that's a topic of your newest book, which is resting on a pretty solid foundations of early knowledge. Well, thank so, you. Th thank you so much. But really, the, the honor goes to the people that I've studied with. I studied with a woman way back in the 70s that taught me to look at the underlying causes of, of ill health, of aging before your time. I looked at the blue zones. I looked at the people around me that were living well into their hundreds. And I think that there are certain traits that they all 
kind of exhibit that we can all borrow and replicate. So it really isn't me, but it's being able to look in the right places and getting at those root causes and taking away the toxins that affect the DNA from repairing itself. Are you talking about uh, Hazel Parcells as one of those people? I'm talking about Dr. Hazel Parcells, whom I, whom I met in 19, February of 1974, a little after you were two, three years old. And I sat there as a 25-year-old saying to myself, this woman I can learn from. I studied with her for the next 20 years, learned all of her secrets because she died at the age of 106 with all of her senses intact. I think she actually died of a broken heart, to be honest with you, Dave. It wasn't old age. It was wow. a broken heart. So I learned about the importance of emotions way back then. So I really feel that we don't have to grow older. We can grow better. We can grow fitter, more stronger, more healthier. But we have to know what we're doing. And now is the time to start the process. When you look back and you look out at where there's unique knowledge, uh, Dr. Hazel Parcells was at Los Alamos National Laboratories, uh, where my grandparents both had their entire careers. Uh, my grandmother was a PhD nuclear engineer. She's 99 and a half. So next time I see her, I'm going to ask her if she knew Dr. Parcells. The odds are pretty high because Dr. Parcells is working on uh, detoxing people from uranium. So a family story here. My grandfather came home, uh, I, I'm going to say kind of like Homer Simpson, trailing uh, plutonium. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and picked up my dad when my dad was one year old, or in a crib anyway. Uh, and of course, they Geiger countered their way down the street and like, oh, you know, what's going on here? And I, I say Homer Simpson-esque, he was uh, a co-discoverer of the Purex process to to purify plutonium. So he was actually like a badass scientist too. But anyway, <laughs> so my dad had to get decontaminated when he was one year old and the whole house had to be deplutoniumed. But I bet you that Dr. Parcells was probably in the back with the vacuum cleaner or something helping to detox and telling <laughs> him what to do. I'll bet you. So that's cool. It's just a, a long time ago in another part of the world, right? Yes, 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 yes. But I learned all about radiation from Dr. Parcells. Back in 1974, nobody was talking about nuclear radiation or, God forbid, what was coming from the bomb, you know, that was detonated in 1945. But she was aware of that, was aware of the non-ionizing radiation, talked about uh, microwave ovens back then. So I've always been a little ahead of the game because of the knowledge that I gleaned from her. It it's interesting that you bring up radiation. A lot of people don't know, but we've set off around a thousand nuclear bombs in testing. And having grown up in New Mexico, yeah, we go play at Almogordo. It's pretty cool. That was where the first test bomb was ever set off. Yes. And I always ask myself as a kid, is it really smart that we just keep blowing these things up around the planet on islands and underground? And isn't there some sort of a problem? And the prevailing wisdom back then was like, ah, oh, there's plenty of space. It's no big deal. But what's your take on radioactive exposure and people now that we've put this into our world? Well, I think we still have the Fukushima issue that's going on, quite frankly. So I won't eat any seafood out of the uh, Pacific Ocean. I think there's still problems. We're just not talking about it. I think it's one of the elements that's making us older before our times. And that's where the salt and soda bath comes into play. That's what I learned from Dr. Parcells. That whenever you're exposed to radiation or an x-ray or a CAT scan, God forbid, you have to pop into a salt and soda bath to kind of detoxify the system of all the excess acidity. That's two pounds of sea salt and two pounds of baking soda in 20 minutes of very hot water. So the sea salt and soda and the cream of tartar she talked about to really get rid of the plutonium. And that's kind of old time remedies that everybody can use that are inexpensive, cheap, and to do that really twice a week on a weekly basis. 
salt and soda and a quarter teaspoon of cream of tartar and eight ounces of water. She reckoned, And you take that, but you said in a bath or you drink it? You drink it. You said in eight ounces. You, you mix it up and pour Oh, you drink it too. Okay. You, you drink the quarter teaspoon of, of the baking of the cream of tartar at least once or twice a week and then take the bath twice a week, especially when it rains, when it snows, and when you've, you've been on an airplane because you're exposed to radiation. So she believed that if you're coming down with the flu, a lot of times, many types of flu are actually environmental radiation sickness, especially yeah. in the fall and in the spring. So I've been very attuned to that for the rest of my life, thanks to her. So salt and soda is part of my routine whenever I fly, whenever I have a CAT scan, which I don't very regularly, or whenever I have x-rays. It's two pounds of salt, two pounds of baking soda, 20 minutes in a hot bath. Now, I wrote in my aging book that there are studies showing baking soda, just drinking baking soda, a meaningful number of, of grams. I don't remember it off the top of my head had about a 15% lifespan increase. And I do every day a mix of potassium bicarb and sodium bicarb um, away from meals. I don't want to neutralize my stomach acid, but just to have um, enough of that uh, for buffering in the system. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? It's an excellent idea because Dr. Parcells taught me about cobalt-60 what was being added to the foods as an irradiation device. And she said the only thing that neutralized it was baking soda. So you're doing something very good for your system, although you didn't realize perhaps why. I think it's an excellent idea. Excellent. I, use, I use it when I can't sleep at night because many times people get very acidic and they try to go to sleep and they wake up intermittently. But taking about a quarter teaspoon of baking soda and eight ounces of water before you go to bed and maybe in the middle of the night, if you can, will get your mind very clear and will actually alkalinize the system in a very healthy pH so that your mind is not overactive. So it's really very healthy, healthy and healthful. All right. So there you go, guys. There's one thing that I didn't think we we're going to talk about, the baking soda as a longevity tool. But well, there's it is a, a little baking soda in my water, so to your health. There's a little in my coffee, too, to your health. <laughs> L'chaim, as they say. Oh, there you go. Skull. Now, let's get into teaching because you have seven rules in your new book on radical longevity. So rule number one is about immunity. So tell me about immunity and aging. So if your immune system isn't tip-top shape, you're not going to live very long. It's very simple. So we talk about the nutrients that you need. I'm a big believer in zinc on a daily basis, at least 50 milligrams for most people. I'm a big 15? believer. 50. 50. Okay, that is a lot. Okay. No, but I find when people do oligo scans, which, which really can analyze your intracellular minerals, most people are deficient. And as we get older, we need more zinc. I know it's a little high, but 50 milligrams really keeps people on a very, very high level of immune system functioning. So I'm a big believer what in if, 50 and chelated zinc. Inchelated. What about balancing it with copper? When I went high zinc, I was taking about 40 to 50 in various forms. It drove my copper levels low, and I got more gray hair as a result. So you, you need, need to balance to be, it with copper? Then you need to be eating more copper-rich foods. That's where your okay. avocados comes into play. That's where your nuts and seeds. And a food-based copper and some sort of organic glandular of uh, some sort of desiccated liver. Liver, yeah. I don't like synthetic copper because that really can stockpile in your brain creating Alzheimer's. But organics, organic copper is very, very important for the color of your hair and for your melanin and for your collagen. So that can happen with many so, people. So lots of liver. There you go, guys. I'm sorry to tell you that. Liver's gross. I hate to tell you. But like you said, you can get it desiccated, so it's not so bad. 
or or um, just so, or just drink more coffee. Do you know a good brand? I've heard there's some good ones out there, but I, I am no longer on the board or have any say or visibility into Bulletproof. So I think it's a good brand, but I can't be sure. So coffee is a good source of copper, as is green tea. And one of the highest sources is actually on uh, non-GMO lecithin. Non-GMO lecithin. And guys, if you look back to my very first book on fertility, I talked about using a non-GMO soy lecithin or sunflower lecithin in the recipe for get some ice cream, which had egg yolks and grass-fed butter Yum. and some lecithin, uh, which tasted really good. It's called get some ice cream because people would eat it. And a half hour later, the body's like, I have everything I need to make a baby. Let's go to the bedroom. So it, it literally had this noticeable effect on people where it was a little bit of an aphrodisiac. Any explanation for that that you know about? Um, I could make up something really quickly. Uh, you, the understanding is that copper is related to estrogen, so it probably raised estrogen levels and made people more fertile. That that could be it. I never I had some some ideas for it, but who really knows? <coughs> oh, excuse me for a second there. All right. So number one is immunity. Biggest recommendation is copper. What about overactive immunity? It seems like as we age, our you know our odds of allergies go up, whether it's autoimmunity, seasonal allergies. Uh, one of my grandparents actually passed away from an autoimmune condition um, of the kidneys. So is there something to be done for preventing an overactive immune system as we age? I think you have to watch the kind of probiotics that you take into the system because probiotics that have more than 50 billion CFUs, or actually it's 10 billion CFUs to be exact, according to the research of Dr. O'Hara, can overactivate the immune system. So I believe in balanced immunity and balanced amounts of probiotics staggered through the day, not more than 10 billion. And I think it's also important to get rid of the underlying cause of that overactive immunity, which could be too much iron in the system, too much biounavailable copper. Parasites usually create an overactive immune system, so looking at parasites which are extremely immunosuppressive may be the number one thing to do. Well, your second rule in the book is about toxic overload, and you say parasites are way more common than you would think. So why do we have a parasite problem in North America that we don't know about? I think it's because, Dave, we're lacking hydrochloric acid. We're lacking stomach acid, which is your first line of defense. That's where your salt comes into play. People are not taking enough of the good kind of salt. That's where a lack of iodine, lack of zinc, and lack of B1 comes into play as well. So I think that this is something that doctors don't look for because they don't recognize it exists. But I know that there's a parasite remedy that can actually kill cancer and cure cancer. It's known as fenbendazole or a dog dewormer. So there's an awful lot to be said about these antiparasitics that can actually help virus, cancer, and other degenerative diseases. So parasites have an awful lot to do with the lack of immunity. What was that drug again? Fenbendazole. It's a dog dewormer. Fenbendazole. Fenbendazole. So the research was done by a gentleman by the name of Joe Tippins that had three months to live. And he was told on a kind of a, on a, a fluky thing to get some dog dewormer because he had read about because he had heard about a, a gal that had worked with some test test animals that had gotten parasites and actually then came down with cancerous tumors and were given this dewormer which is called fenbendazole or Panicure. 
And so we found that by taking it on a daily basis, all of his tumors disappeared within three months. So it's a, it's a, it's a real wow. healer of cancer. And it can also work with not just small cell lung cancer, which is what he had, but bone cancer, pancreatic cancer, lung cancer, pancreatic cancer, bone cancer, thyroid cancer, liver cancer, and ovarian cancer. So this is a, this is a parasitic wow. that can heal all those diseases. Well, look at ivermectin and what it can do for the virus. So the anti-parasitics. I, I was going to say it if you didn't, we give ivermectin to our sheep for worms. It's a normal thing you do, and it comes from soil bacteria. Yes. Uh, they found it in Japan. And so there's a, a lot of links people don't often know about between mold and cancer, where some cancer is a mold infection and some cancer is a mitochondrial dysfunction caused by mold and, or metals. And some cancer is actually parasitic. Yes, <laughs> and indeed. It, it seems like the cancer industry just doesn't get it. But you talk to individual experts, usually from the holistic side, they're having these amazing results, but then you go in and it's you know chemo, 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 and maybe now keto plus chemo plus hyperbaric. <laughs> what do you think is going on there? Uh, why do we not recognize these different forms? Because there's no money to be made. It seems like there's money to be made, like like playing whack-a-mole with parasites. You'd think that there were drugs for that, but I guess it's well, not the, as... Well, the interesting thing is that we, what we learned about fenbendazole, it's called C. and if for those people that want to get something as a preventative, I'm taking it daily in my smoothie. It's panacuracy for a 10-pound dog. It contains 220 milligrams of fenbendazole. It does three things. It acts as a sugar blocker. It also acts as a stimulant for the C53 uh, gene so that it is very helpful in repairing the system. And that's a tumor-suppressing gene, so it actually can activate it. And it starts to take away some of the little tubules that connect the cancer so that it doesn't metastasize. So this is a preventative and it's an anti-aging device and it's a parasitic, anti-parasitic. So I think this is something we can all use for like nine bucks a week or maybe nine, nine bucks a month. It's very, very inexpensive. Wow. That is amazing. I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's it huge. is quite affordable. And um, should, now, and is that related to fluconazole and, and all the other ones? It seems like it might even be antifungal. Most of the... Most a lot of, the, of that class is. I think it's very connected to the mold because the mold and the fungus is also connected to parasites and it's connected to cancer. Wow. So now a lot of people are going to be saying that this is now a conspiracy theory podcast because I said cancer isn't caused by anything other than genetics, even though a cancer expert on the show, a, a traditional one says two to 5% are genetic, the rest of them are environmental. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree with you. I agree with him. Yes, indeed. But but you should take a look. I did a podcast with Joe Tippins, the, the fellow that introduced me to Fenbendazole and annelouise.com slash podcast. And he talked about all the research that's now being done at Stanford and Johns Hopkins. So this is being taken very seriously by some some of our illustrious institutions. Well, I am really hopeful that we just have enough good-hearted, um, good-hearted, interested people. Some of who have been on the show, uh, guys like Mark Hyman, um, who are really willing to go out there and say, "We're just going to look at what works, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about our soil and, and everything else." Because having our environment work right inside and outside our bodies seems like that's the key to anti-aging. When you really get past all of it, you know, be it being in an environment that your body was meant for. Yeah, yes, indeed. And just given half the chance, the body again can heal itself. And let me say this, that aging to me is a privilege. 
It yeah, is. It means that you're not dying. <laughs> well, well, it's, but it's denied to far too many people. So you've got to be very grateful and take care of your body, mind, and spirit as best you can. It's uh, it, it's a really good perspective uh, in that when people are saying, "Oh, you know, life is so bad," like if you're listening to a podcast, your life isn't that bad. <laughs> that's that's just how it is. You might be depressed, you might be anxious, and all of the above. And certainly, I've been there. But end of the day, there's a lot of things that we take for granted. Uh, one thing that people don't take for granted though, one that made me very happy to see in your book was your third rule, which is stop ages, advanced glycation end products. This has been a core part of the Bulletproof diet. I'm like, guys, stop caramelizing your meat and your carbs. Talk to me about advanced glycation products in food and in the body. So these are advanced glycation end products are very highly inflammatory, number one, and they cross-link proteins, number two, and you get the most of it from your food or the way that you cook your food, which is why high dry heat is really forbidden. We want low moisture, low moisture and low heat. We want to be cooking in a vacuum sealed container if possible. We want to be cooking without aluminum, without iron, without copper, without nickel. We want the purest elements that in our cooking utensils, and we want to stop air frying, but we want to use braising and poaching and steaming instead, because all those are the ways you that said we stop ourselves. air frying. Yeah, because it's very because all the air fried food is high in dry heat, so you're making a lot of advanced glycation okay. end products, and that's why eating a lot of bacon isn't healthy, nor is it healthy to eat a lot of cheese, because those are very high innately. What if the bacon? What if the bacon is from a healthy animal without toxins, but it's cooked at a low temperature? Better, much better. Yeah, that that's the thing. I, I've been such a fan of bacon. I'm like, guys, I wouldn't eat most restaurant bacon because it's burned, right? And you'll you'll damage those things. And what if the air fryer is turned down to a lower temperature? Better. It's still bad because it's dry? Okay. Well, well, you want to add a little water, a little moisture. That's why I like steaming the best, braising the best. Souping the best and even end pop alone is very helpful. So guys in the Upgrade Collective, does this sound familiar? <laughs> if you read the Bulletproof Diet, like what would happen if you use sous vide? And what if you use sous vide as a way of controlling the health parameters, not just the flavor parameters? And so here you have it from someone who has been studying this a lot longer than I have. There is really good evidence that you shouldn't burn your food. Yes, indeed. What's worse, burned carbs or burned meat? What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Animal foods are higher innately in the, in the ages than the, than the plant-based foods. So if you're going to burn anything, burn the plant foods. 
I, you shouldn't be burning those either, but quite frankly, it's the, the high glycation end products can be found just net generally in higher fat animal foods. Um, exactly. So that barbecue that tastes so good might not be the best way to cook it. And I'm sorry to say that. I don't want to tell you that you shouldn't barbecue, but I'll tell you that I got rid of my grill 15 years ago, even though I'm really good with it because it just, uh, it, I could feel a difference. Um, you actually do feel the inflammation difference if you're attuned to inflammation in your body. But you, you talk about something I didn't know. You talk about Sirtuin 1, and David Sinclair has been on. We've talked about Sirtuin 1. I've written about it. But you found a link between advanced glycation end products, these compounds from overcooked meat and carbs, and just from having too much sugar in the body. There's a link between those and Sirtuin 1. Can you talk about what that is? Well, the higher the advanced glycation end products in the tissues, the less of, you, the less of these um, survival genes you're finding in the, in the body. And I got this information from Helen Blissera that actually did the research on advanced glycation end products at Rockefeller University in the 90s. So the idea was that she was looking at diabetes and found that advanced glycation end products were probably the true root cause of diabetes, not just the end product of diabetes, but the root cause. And the more that you have these in your tissues, the less you have of these very helpful survival repair genes, the sirtuin group that she refers to in the research. So you got to get rid of these high heat products, high and dry products, and don't overcook your foods. And if you're going to grill, you should marinate because that will help decrease the advanced glycation yes. end products. So there are little tricks of the trade that I write in Radical Longevity. And the marinade should probably have rosemary and oregano and thyme in it, I'm guessing. And a little sage. There you go. <laughs> All of those grow in my backyard, uh, which is there for a reason. Now, something that, that stands out. All of this stuff was known by someone on the planet who had studied it when I was 16. And between 16 and about 22, I hit 300 pounds. So the information wasn't widely distributed. It was hard to find. And I feel like it's getting easier to find. And, yes. and, and just knowing that it was there, but I, I didn't know it, still kind of irritates me. It's one of the things that, that motivates me to keep sharing the stuff that I do. Uh, and something else that I was totally unaware of, uh, despite having lots of knee surgeries as a young man, is your rule number four about fascia. And Fascia is a, a sheet or that band of tissue that holds your organs in and is on the outside of muscles. It's that thin layer that you find in a steak uh, that, that's on the outside of it. What is your view of the role of fascia in humans as we age, and what do you do to make it stay healthy? Well, it gets stuck and frozen, quite frankly, from repetitive movements, from sitting on podcasts or sitting in your phone with your, your head bent forward. So a lot of arthritis, I think, can be stuck or frozen fascia. So you have to make sure that it's well-nourished, well-moisturized. That's where hyaluronic acid comes into play, taken internally. That's where cupping and meditation and massage comes into play, jumping on the trampoline and lots of movement. That's why that's so very important. Very simplistic, but people overlook and don't appreciate the importance of movement for the fascia. The, uh, uh, it's interesting you mentioned cupping. If you, if you go to uh, the Dave Asprey box, I'm pretty sure that's on DaveAsprey.com, but I have a, a curated box. I'm looking at a set of cups right now for the next one. Haven't, haven't decided on them yet, but it's such a cool thing. And you'll see you know, Chinese energy practitioners with uh, 
you know, the light stuff, you know, alcohol to create suction. And there's a lot of traditional uses, but you can do it yourself with a little bit of training without fire and alcohol, just with little bits of suction. So it's, it's a neat thing. And I think it's, it's coming of age where more and more people are realizing that something's happening with cupping. How often do you do it yourself? Once a week. I do cupping once a week and I find it very helpful in removing adhesions, frozen fascia and internal scars. Beautiful. Your rule number five, activate cellular rejuvenation. And this is one that I really like. How do you look at cellular rejuvenation? I make sure that the cell membrane is well nourished with the right kind of fats. And in that case, I use hemp seed oil because my motto has become hemp hemp hooray. I find it's one of the only oils that is not rancid of the GLA family. I use about one to two tablespoons a day. And I make sure also that I take a lot of redox signaling molecules, which are the cellular messengers to, to enhance and celebrate cellular rejuvenation. So the whole protocol is in the book. I also make sure that I don't weaken the cell by, by really exposing myself to a lot of EMFs. Because EMFs can actually weaken the cell membrane by destroying the calcium in the, in the cell itself. Hemp oil is high in omega-6. And it is easily destroyed by light and heat and air and even in the body. Why, if we're focused on these other fats, and you mentioned GLA before, like evening primrose oil, why would you go with that high of a volume of omega-6? Because I find it contains the perfect ratio of omega-6 to omega-3, the 3 to 1 ratio. And I also find that it's very helpful against radiation. And it's the best oil we have found to clear up the skin. My people have used this for about three years and what we find that it clears up eczema and psoriasis in two weeks. So it's a good omega-6 hemp seed oil that's well refrigerated and organically expressed. Yes, indeed. So I think there's a lot of- Okay, so you said two things there. Refrigerated omega-6 oil. And and I have to just double down on that for you. (laughs) For everyone listening, if you're going to do it, it has to be refrigerated because of the instability, right? Exactly. But that's true of any omega-3 and omega-6. Both are very unstable to heat, air, and light. And then you have to use it up within two weeks so that when you keep opening the bottle, you use it up within two weeks. But one to two tablespoons a day has been terrific for cradle cap, for kids, problems with eczema, psoriasis, dermatitis, and the eczema that I mentioned previously. So it's really a, a bonus for many dermatologists. So I, I don't have any issues with doing that for a little while. And uh, I have not had good luck with doing a tablespoon or two a day of omega-6 oils, even carefully treated oh. ones. But I know people who have. And it may have to do with what the load in your body is of six versus three. And you've been doing this for a long time, a tablespoon or two a day. I've been doing it for about two to three years. Yes, indeed. Okay. Indeed, I have. And, I've and been it u- takes. And I've been using evening primrose oil, and we use a little bit of pine nut oil, which I find very healing for the internal body. And we don't use this consistently; we use it for short periods of time. Interesting pine nut oil. I've never used that. Oh, that's a big. That's a big one. It heals um, ulcers. It heals uh, GERD. It heals heartburn. It heals um, IBS. It's one of the best internal oils known to man. And this is Siberian. Wow. This is, a, this is incredibly helpful. I wrote about it in my previous book, and I write about it a little bit in Radical Longevity. It's another high omega-6, but it's got gamma-linolenic acid and pinoleic acid. Very, very healing. From the mouth to the anus, you should excuse the expression, but very healing for the internal mucosal lining. 
That is fascinating. I grew up uh, in New Mexico actually collecting wild pine nuts. We did that every fall and uh, did this whole thing around Christmas. So uh, maybe I should start doing that again, except I live in Canada where all we have is these big cedars. It's weird. All right, let's talk about minerals. This is an area I've spent a lot of time on this year, and I'm uh, coming out with some new mineral stuff with Upgrade Labs. Uh, You talk about copper and iron in Alzheimer's disease. Walk me through that. So the research that I've found with the copper is that there are two different kinds of copper. There's the organic food base and there's a synthetic inorganic that's coming from copper water pipes, that's coming from copper IUDs and the copper that's in your fillings that, that became much more prevalent in 1976. The natural copper your body can use for, for, for hair color, it can use for keratin, it can use for collagen, but the inorganic synthetic, your body has no way of processing, so it ends up in the brain. This is research that was done by George Brewer at the University of Michigan. So we want to reduce that copper, just get the organic copper, which balances organic zinc, and then you're in business. Iron can, is also can be stockpiled in the body, particularly loves the brain. It can be a risk factor for Alzheimer's. So we've got to make sure that we balance our iron. We don't want synthetic iron that's in fortified foods, and we want to measure our ferritin on a yearly basis, making sure that it is below 100, not 300, not 200, below 100, because the studies of the longest living people in the world suggest that between 50 and 70 is a sweet spot for ferritin, which is a stored iron. Iron is an anti-aging, or I should say it's an aging substance, and it can predispose you to a lot of free radicals and oxidative stress. So you got to get rid of the excess if you want to be healthy for the rest of your life. That is so well said. If you have high iron and high ferritin, you're going to have high inflammation. And I've gone through times where I certainly had that, and monitoring that and keeping it under control is important, especially for men. Uh, because uh, we tend to get higher ferritin over time because we don't have regular blood loss unless we donate blood. Yes, which is why donating blood is the most important thing you can do as a preventative every single year and measuring because if you're exceedingly high, you may have to donate blood every three to four months. So, So you guys may think I'm nuts, but when I first moved to Canada, it was very hard to arrange um, blood donations uh, where I live. This was about 10 years ago. And I, my ferritin levels were high. And I'm like, screw this. So I put an IV needle in my arm because, yes, I know how to do that. And I just went in the backyard and I, uh, I, I watered the plants. Oh, my God. <laughs> I tell you, they were very happy plants. And if you think you're a vegan and plants don't like meat, I just proved you wrong. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Let's talk about your rule number seven, optimize the gut-brain connection. So we all know that health begins, it actually begins in the mouth, but it ends up in the gut. So we've got to have a a very healthy gut. We need the beneficial bacteria. We make sure we've got enough skinny bacteria from the polyphenols that we're getting from our good coffee, from our fruits and vegetables that we're eating in moderation. We want to make sure that we're making the proper neurotransmitters. So the gut health is exceedingly important. That's where your prebiotics and modified and probiotics come into play. Uh, Okay. I completely see the same things. Uh, One of the things that you and I also share is the pace of the degradation of our environment and what our environment's doing to us. You've had more time to see how the world has changed than I have. 
Uh, it's changed a lot. You remember driving as a child where there'd just be a layer of bugs everywhere you went on your car? Yes. I remember that too. And it, there are something like 50% less bugs by weight in the world mm. than there used to be. Uh, and any thoughts on turning that around? I'm not sure how we can turn it around. I'm concerned about the glyphosate overuse. I'm concerned yeah. about the chemtrails. I'm concerned about the radiation. I'm concerned about 5G. I just think you have to make yourself an invisible fortress. I'm not sure what we can do about the environment ourselves, to be quite honest with you, unless we plant a garden and make a victory garden. Well, I'm on a 32-acre permaculture farm building soil, making clean bacon and doing my best, but it's going to take converting a lot of this glyphosate-soaked farmland that got destroyed in the U.S. Once they once they put the subsidies in to turn it into corn to make gasoline out of it, they destroyed so much of, of the, the nature's reserve in our topsoil. So that this is a 50-year problem. The problem with being an anti-aging person like you and me is we're going to have to be around to, <laughs> for 50 years to see it, right? See it, so exactly. we can start on it now. It'll take time. But the glyphosates, the chemtrails, I'm concerned about all of it. And I, I think for the average individual that may be listening and watching in your live audience, it's really taking responsibility to make the self as strong as possible. I very, very much like that, Anne Louise. And I'm grateful that you took the time today uh, to be on the show and that you've taken the time to write 35 books over 37. 40 years. 37. 37, geez. <laughs> 37. But who's counting, Dave? And who's counting? Well, you should be counting. We didn't get to all of the chapters of the book, which is why people need to buy it. There's lots of very actionable advice in there. But chapter 16, Reignite Your Sex Life, is an important chapter. It's one of those big things that keeps people alive. There's a chapter on reversing hair loss. And I'm, uh, I'm, I am of the opinion that this is a worthy contribution to the set of books that people should have on their shelves about living a very long time. And it's born out of years of study with a lot of people and experience. So thank you. You're entirely welcome. I thank you. Your website is annlouise.com without an E, A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E.com. Yes, indeed. And tell me the name of your very latest book again. Radical Longevity. Radical Longevity. There's a whole subtitle there that I was trying to find out. Oh, 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 let's it's see. The Powerful Plan to Sharpen Your Brain, Strengthen Your Body, and Reverse the Symptoms of Aging. Our this publishers always make it to that. There you yes, go. They. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it's on my shelf. And guys, if you want a take on this that is holistic, alternative, but accurate, and full of things that you might not have heard about, this is worth reading. And Radical Longevity is the name of the book. And Louise Gittleman is our elder who blessed us with her presence on the show today. Thank you, Anne Louise. I genuinely appreciate you. Thank you. I'm back at you. If you guys like today's show, you know what to do. Well, if it appealed, pick up a copy of Anne Louise's book. And your job, anytime you read a book, is to leave a review. It's like if you get a cup of coffee, you tip the barista, unless they wrote your name wrong and were rude to you, in which case you don't. But since authors like me can't spell your name wrong, unless we're signing your book, and things like that, well, just leave a review. It doesn't cost you anything, but it's a way of expressing gratitude, and it tells Anne Louise she did a good job, or maybe that she didn't do a good job, so then she can improve. And it tells me the same thing. So leave a review when you pick up Radical Longevity and do Anne Louise and the world and yourself a favor. See you all in the next episode.
A human upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.